it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who finally dragged his fat butt back to work. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who didn't shoot down a bunch of Houthi drones yesterday after they attacked some cargo ships. No, the U.S. military did, because to be honest with you, I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. And thankfully, so is the military, but we'll explain how the ineptitude in Washington is leading to more and more conflicts in the Middle East. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just... They're not respecting our country the way they used to. No, they are not, girlfriend, but buckle up. We got a busy one today. 888-788-9910. We're going to bring on a guy, Kevin Walling, who is a surrogate for the Biden campaign. That's stupid. Use your common sense. No, it is not. We want to talk across the aisle. This is the one thing you need to understand. The reason Fox wants liberals on the air Like, people were telling me this in Reno over the weekend. Look, I can't believe you guys gave Gavin Newsom a platform. That's like, you know. Shut up. Will you shut up? The reason we want Gavin Newsom on our air is because we're very confident in our ideas. Okay? The idea battle favors us. So if we have a conversation in the run-up to the 2024 election about policy, we win the election. Bingo. Okay, if it turns into a race to see who can call America the most racist, you know, we're misogynistic, you're transphobic on the right, you don't support women, what a bunch of bigots you are. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Straight up. So we're trying to create the type of race that is issues-based. If it becomes, you know... And emotions are their facts type of debate. The Democrats actually have a shot at winning this thing. He knows what he's talking about. So as we get underway today, uh, we will prioritize, as we always do, just an honest conversation. You can agree. You can disagree. We don't care. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. By all means, be a Democrat. The biggest one allowable by law. All we ever ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Monday. Back in action after a banner weekend, just a banner weekend out in Carson City, Nevada, folks. I got to tell you, man, you guys uh, take a bow in Carson City. Three sellouts at the Nugget. Uh, just electric energy. Like, you guys really know how to make a girl feel special. Whether you were heckling me or groping me or whatever the heck was feeding me cookies. Uh, a lot of things happened. We lost a lot of good men out there. Uh, but it was just such a cool thing to be a part of. I only have two live events left this year if you want to come hang out. I think the most empowering thing about going to these shows is, you know, you'll have a fun time at the show. It's pretty ridiculous. But getting past that is you realize if you listen to the show, you're part of something really unique. Everybody who listens, everybody who's a part of it, everybody who comes out to these events, they're cool. We don't have any, like, malicious hecklers. We don't have any a-holes. We don't have any jerks. We don't have anybody starting fights. We don't have anybody who's under any illusion 
that this is somehow a serious political movement. Okay, our movement is we're the cool party. We're trying to get society to downshift so we can have rational conversations and we can actually make some collective progress as opposed to this, you're my enemy because you don't vote the way I do. Okay, we can't look at it that way because the truth is you may hate liberal policies. I certainly do. But you can't look at them as your enemies because they're your teammates. Okay, they really are your teammates. As the country goes, we go. And what's going on in America right now is the offense is fighting the defense in the locker room all day. But we, at some point, have to run onto the field and beat the other teams. And we're not doing that right now. So what I'm trying to do every day on this show is not issue a call to arms, but a call to chill the f*** out. That's all the show is. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Boom. So if you get it, uh, stick with us for three hours today. It's going to be a banger. Tonight, if you're watching Failavision, I will be on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. And I'll be making, dig this, a special announcement at the end of the show tonight. Something very unique and exciting that's happening in my career. Uh, is going to be announced with the King of Late Night tonight at the end of the show. So you should absolutely tune in, at least for that part. I mean, Gutfeld's a great show when I'm speaking. You know, as for the other stuff, I mean, I believe that's a reason why God gave you a mute button. I'm kidding. I'm just ramping up the smack talk because Lord knows it is coming my way the minute I get into the ring tonight with Greg. So give it a go if you're looking for some fail vision and absolutely positively make sure you're there at the end because you're going to hear a special announcement about my career. Battlehorns also sounding over the weekend, by the way, uh, ballistic missiles fired by Yemen's Houthi rebels. Uh, Yemen, a country that we give $100 million in foreign aid to, uh, uses that money to finance proxy attacks on us and our allies in the Middle East. We're always told, well, we got to send the money over to Yemen because that's in our best interest. Not even close. Dude, Yemen got $100 million in foreign aid. And they turned around and gave the money to the Houthis who started firing at us and our cargo ships. That's not right. Now, thankfully, okay, thankfully, the U.S. military did kill five Iranian proxy fighters in a drone strike in northern Iraq. But you understand the reason we're in this position, the reason we don't have peace through strength is because we've been led by a man who has very much provided the world with chaos through teleprompter. That's what we have in Washington right now. Biden's lost his marbles. But the reason it's so dangerous to not be projecting strength on the world stage in the way that we failed to do by withdrawing from Afghanistan, in the way we failed to do with this whole Venmo, never-ending Venmo to Ukraine, okay, is we have emboldened our enemies. I told you, America's role in the world used to be we were the parents. If the kids were getting restless upstairs, pulling hairs and fighting, somebody would go, hey! Knock it off, you know, and the kids would just look at each other and be like, this could be a problem. And they knew to stop fighting. They knew to stop messing around. Okay, now America yells, hey, knock it off. And the kids are like, you, that's what they're saying. They don't even care. They don't respect us because this is what we've done. We've raised a world of children 
who know their parents aren't allowed to beat them. You've heard me talk about this in my stand-up act. I understand we're not allowed to spank our kids anymore, but we never should have told them that we're not allowed to beat them because they don't have to respect us. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, with all the social justice initiatives and all this pandering garbage we have in Washington right now, we've created a world where they genuinely believe we're not allowed to hit him. That is a fact check false. And that's why we have the type of aggression you see in the Middle East. Okay, never mind that we're financing it in every direction. Okay, if Hamas is waging an attack, it's become coming because of the funding in Iran in Iran. Okay, if you see something in northern Iraq from the Houthis, it's coming because of the money we gave Yemen. That's just the reality. We are the ATM for both sides of every conflict that we happen to be engaged in right now. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. And I'm telling you, they don't understand pronouns. They don't understand pride flags. And I'm not denigrating pronouns and pride flags. Of course, do whatever the hell you want. We live in America, e pluribus unum. Freedom! But the only thing these, I, I don't know what to describe them as on a terrestrial program. Okay, we are live on, you know, talking on 155 stations right now. I can't really say the words we should be describing Hamas as. But the point is people like them who are that barbaric, who have such a cavalier disregard for the value of human life, the only thing they understand is force. That's true. That is true. Here is Leon Panetta, okay, over the weekend. Panetta was out at the Reagan National Defense Forum, out at the Reagan Library. That's what Bill Hemmer was doing there if you watched America's Newsroom on Friday. Uh, you know, Well, obviously smoking his bong in the parking lot. But the point is, once that was done, he had to be out there to do America's Newsroom. And, of course, they had the Reagan Defense Forum and everything else in between. Uh, but here is Panetta. Okay, and I'm kidding about Hemmer smoking a bong in the parking lot. He's a class guy. He would do edibles in the men's room. But stick with me. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. I'm just being silly. But here is Panetta laying it out as plain as day. Okay, and Leon Panetta, as you know, is a guy who's been a part of Washington, okay, and been a part of this type of responsibility, okay, not as a Republican, but doing so under Democrats as well. Tell them like it is. But here is Panetta laying it down, clip three. I would be much more aggressive about going after those that attack our U.S. forces. Do you think to date that our response has been too soft? I think I think it's been a little bit too selective. I mean, we hit some ammo dumps. We hit some other targets. I want to go after those who are firing missiles at our troops and make sure they understand that when they fire a missile, they're going to die. I admire your honesty. Did you get that last part? I want to go after, okay, those who are firing missiles at our troops. Our troops, okay? Do you understand? Our troops are getting fired on. You know, the team that nobody wants to play. You know, the parent that's supposed to go, hey, knock it off. And the kids stop. They're now taking shots at mom and dad. They're now taking the spoon or the belt and swinging it at us instead of us using it to maintain order against them. What the hell is the world coming to? And I'm telling you, when you create weakness on the world stage, as we have demonstrated again and again and again, it emboldens unrest like we're seeing. The Biden administration is essentially filled with substitute teachers who can't control a classroom. 
We've all seen that moment where a sub walks into the classroom and the kids make the guy. You make the guy in a minute. You go, oh, this guy's got nothing. This is going to be complete bedlam in this classroom right now. We're going to be gambling. It's going to be like old Havana. We're setting up a roulette wheel. We're getting a beer keg. We're doing whatever the hell we want because this guy in charge, he's got nothing. Okay? America's now in that position where we're led by a bunch of substitute teachers that better wheel out a VCR in a movie really quick because it might be the only thing that gets the class's attention long enough for them to stay in their seats. Okay? That's the reality of right now. Leon Panetta has to say something like, I want them to know if they fire at our troops, people are going to die. Hello? They should have known that for every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every year. That if you mess with America, you got a big problem. Okay, but we're not in that position right now because the kids don't respect us the way they do. And if you want to see the Middle East get under control, if you want to see these protesters here that are tearing down statues, trapping business owners, accusing them of genocide, what we saw at Cornell University over the weekend, a mock trial where they convicted the dean of genocide, is the dean in the military? The answer would be no. Is he participating in the strikes in any way? The answer would be no. Do you understand how lawless it's gotten, not just abroad, but at home? Okay, it's because we don't have parents who are laying down the law. And if the kids don't respect mom and dad in the house, believe me, it's only going to get worse when they leave the house. So if you want to see the world get reeled back in, if you want to see some semblance of law and order and dignity and maybe even respect for the United States of America and its allies, mom and dad need to pick up that spoon quick and start swinging. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. You do that again, and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services.
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon giving a special shout-out to everybody listening on 99.1 FM KKFT out in Reno. Your station owner, Jerry Evans, uh, maybe the MVP of this past weekend because after all the shows were over and the selfies and the keg stands and everything in between, Evans got me to the airport. He picked me up on time, 4.30 in the morning, and dropped me off at the Reno airport. And dig this, he actually slowed the car down before I got out, which is if you knew how my comedy career has moved up over the years, that's a... We're in new terrain, Uh, but Jerry Evans, if you're out there, uh, take a bow. Five-star Yelp review uh, for the cab ride. And I have to tell you, I believe me, I'm very critical of cab drivers, uh, given that it's my only true area of expertise. Uh, Foreign policy, not an area of expertise in the Biden administration. I agree with that. Okay, but after we negotiated what we were calling a pause, uh, and we did have um, some exchange of hostages... Uh, This fire resumed over the weekend. Here is John Kirby flat out admitting that Hamas was the reason for the end, the end of the pause. Clip one. We want to get that pause put back in place so that, again, more hostages can come out. I'll say this, two things, if you'll allow me. One, Hamas is the reason that the the pause ended because they refused to to put on the list additional women and children that we know they— that they are holding, and they're refusing to let go. Uh, and two, uh, we're working it literally by the hour to see if we can't get this back on track. So there you go. Working by the hour to see if we can get this back on track, says Kirby. You gotta do better than that. Do you ever. Uh, understand, though, okay, again and again and again, we find ourselves in this position where Hamas took women and children hostages and has committed unspeakable atrocities against them. And the people on the left that continue to try to draw some type of a moral equivocation between the two, you know, you talk about just idiots, <laughs> just, just weapons grade stupidity. OK, Israel did not go out and take innocent Palestinians hostage. The only thing Israel is handing over is convicted criminals, is militants, is people that have killed civilians in exchange. They're getting back children. Don't you just look right there at the exchange of, of lives and realize as plain as day what one side is up to and what the other side is up to? One is only acting in moments of self-defense. OK, the other is clearly the aggressor and is doing so with no regard for civilian life, the lives of children, the lives of women. OK, these are monsters over there in Hamas. You understand. But we keep having this debate, and I'm going to play some clips in the next break, that like they really do shock the conscience when you realize just how stupid people are on the left. They're crazy. A lot of them are. And it's a bigger percentage of their party than I wanted to believe. Like, I understand there's a lot of hypocrisy when it comes to racism. There's always going to be projection. But these people actually embrace a worldview where Hamas is only doing this because their hand has been forced. Where they're sitting there telling you, no, they're in an open-air prison. You're not telling me the truth. No, they're not. Okay, but to take it a step further, if killing women and children was so vital and so necessary, okay, why were you not calling this out before October 7th? Why weren't you calling it out in September or August or July or June? Why? Because you didn't actually care about this situation. More importantly, you didn't actually know anything about this situation. Okay, you're only out there marching now up and down the campus and chasing people in and out of stores because it's become a trendy thing to do. 
Okay, that's where we are in America now. When it comes to protests, the same people protesting on behalf of Hamas are the people who told you black lives matter, are the people who told you hate has no home here, that are now curiously calling for the elimination of every Jewish person on the planet. You know, because when hate has no home here, apparently Jews don't have a home either, but somehow it's not based in hatred. I'm kind of confused is what I'm saying. I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is they're all full of There's never been a dumber time to be alive than right now, but I'm going to play you a clip, and I tell you this all the time. Washington has become a stampede of stupidity, but if we had to give out a gold medal, If we had to declare one person a winner, we've got a woman who's going to win. And in this day and age, it's only fair that she's competing against men. So we'll give out that medal next. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and I am going to play you a clip from Joe Scarborough's show. No, God! No, God! Please, no! 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 I have to do it. It's part of the gig. You know, the one thing, when we have that big kumbaya moment, when you come to my live events, and at the end of the show we do the Q&A and all the dirty jokes and all the crazy things that get said, what do I always remind you? What do I always remind you? I say, hey, this show works because it's our show. That is correct. Not, I might be the name of the show. I might be the guy behind the microphone. But the reason it works is because we are literally sharing the show. Okay? I hang out. I return your messages. You've met my family. You can meet them this weekend. I'll be at Texas Music City in Tyler, Texas. Old Jacksonville Highway. Right there in Tyler. What more do you want from me, people? Okay, but the point is we all share in the responsibility of delivering this show every day, whether it's people who go through the trouble of calling in, uh, you know, people who message me offline, people who support me on the TV. Okay, I always say this show is America's dinner table and we get together and we talk about the things we learned in our travels and we share that intel and figure out how we can incorporate it into making the family a little bit stronger, making our lives a little bit funnier, making things a little bit better. That's the hook of the show. So if I get to listen to Joe Scarborough, you got to listen to Joe Scarborough. That's just the way it's going to go. That's just the way it's going to go. So I'm going to play a Scarborough clip. I got a bad feeling about this. So do I, but that's not the point. Okay, here is Joe Scarborough. And what he's talking about is moral equivocation, moral equivocation. And it keeps happening on the left. It keeps happening in big academia, at the elite schools. Okay, it was happening an awful lot on the Mehdi Hassan show over on CNN. Uh, Excuse me, MSNBC. Uh, But there that went last week. And (laughs) not a moment too soon. There's no bigger cheerleader for Hamas than Mehdi Hassan. Okay, and Joe Scarborough on his own air, explaining, or at least wondering, why there's moral equivocation. Okay, I can explain why, but I want to start with him so you understand what's happening here. Okay, people on the left, whether it's outlets like the New York Times, whether it's students at Yale or Cornell over the weekend, okay, or the people like Premier Jayapal, okay, who got on TV over the weekend on CNN of all places, and failed to rightfully condemn, okay, the rape going on by Hamas. That was embarrassing. It was disgusting is what it was. And we'll get there. 
But do you understand the reason they're trying to draw a moral equivocation is because they're trying to make it okay for Hamas to be doing what they do. Ah, uh, you have a good eye, my man. Okay, moral equivocation means, all right, sure, we all know they paraglided into a rave and killed everybody, raped them, put the babies in the oven. But look at what Israel's doing. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make people indifferent to the suffering being inflicted on women and children in Israel. Women and children who are not a part of this conflict. They're not holding guns. They're not firing mortars. They're not detonating bombs. Okay, they're just living their lives as women and children until Hamas shows up and commits unspeakable atrocities against them. Guys, this ain't war. This is not war. Okay, war is waged between militaries. Okay, war crimes are what happens when militaries train their fire on civilians. Okay, Hamas is committing war crimes. Israel in retaliation absolutely positively has accidentally hit Hamas civilians from time to time. Why? Because Hamas puts all of their military installations in densely populated areas because they want civilian casualties. Bingo, man, bingo. Every time a civilian dies in Gaza, they get to go, look, Israel's attacking civilians. But they've got all their weapons under hospitals. They've got all their terror tunnels underground in densely populated areas. So the only way to get the terrorists along the way is to take out a civilian or two. Sad, this is the reality of what we're dealing with. This is why you don't want conflicts like this going on ever again. But you understand the reason people are out there trying to say Israel is just as bad as Hamas, because then that gives them license to forgive Hamas. And that makes it politically expedient to support Hamas, because at their core, there is a raging anti-Semitism problem in the Democratic Party. These people hate Jews. Hate them. Okay, and when they accuse the Jewish population in Israel of a genocide, they conveniently overlook the fact that there are two million Muslims living in Israel. Okay, if you are looking to commit genocide against the Muslim population and you are Israel, you don't have to hop the fence, babe. You got them right there in your country, living peacefully, coexisting, as the old bumper sticker used to say before that stopped being trendy. Okay, Israel doesn't have a problem with Muslims. Israel has a problem with terrorists. That's what we're dealing with. But here is Scarborough, to his credit, at least kind of sort of finding Jesus in the service. I'll explain why he didn't, but let's start here, clip six. What's remarkable is that you have many people, international organizations on the left, that just can't condemn Hamas raping and abusing and raping uh, to, to the point of death sort of and then parading. Yeah, but, but there was never but like, we can condemn Hamas. It always has to be, there's always moral equivocation. And this is what you're talking about uh, uh, before, Elise. There's always moral equivocation. You can never say that what Hamas did to Jewish women was absolutely savage and beyond the pale. It always has to be, yeah, but Israel. And what he's honestly saying in a really roundabout way is... Democrats are so full of crap. Because when he says there are international organizations on the left that won't adequately condemn Hamas, 
It's really just talking about Congress, if we're being honest here. Correct the mundo. Here is Premier Jayapal, Democrat from Washington, who made it into the college football playoff over the weekend. So congratulations to them on probably losing by 30 points. Uh, but here it comes. Premier Jayapal, okay, is doing an interview over on CNN over the weekend. CNN is the worst. Okay, and she is asked about the atrocities being committed against women. I'm going to play you the long version first. I will also play you a shortened version. I just want you to understand, this is an honest conversation show. I want you to have as much context as humanly possible because I don't need to cheat my angles, okay? What she's doing is disgusting. It's disgusting on a boat, on a goat, on a train, on a plane. I don't care. Okay, but here's the longer version, clip five. And I've condemned what Hamas has done. I've condemned all of the actions. Absolutely. The the rape, the, of course. Frankly, uh, morally, I think we cannot say that one war crime deserves another. That is not what international humanitarian law says. Okay, with with respect, I was just asking about the, the women, and you turned it back to Israel. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I I said it's horrific, and I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm -hmm. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. And it's horrible, but you don't see Israeli soldiers raping um, well, Dana, I think women. we're not, we're not, I, I don't want this to be the hierarchy of oppression. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Okay, did you catch that? Because Dana Bash, give her credit. Okay, it's telling you the truth. When you see Israeli soldiers are not out there raping women. They're not out there throwing babies in ovens. Ergo, we don't have to be balanced in our condemnation. We absolutely, positively don't need to be balanced. But why does she see a balance there? Because she is a raging anti-Semite. No better than the Ilhan Omars of the world, okay? They hate Jews, straight up. It's gross, it's sad, it's true. Okay, I'll give you the shortened context because you understand what she's being asked about here is the Democrats. Might be a good question for Michelle Obama with the Bring Back Our Girls. Remember when Boko Haram kidnapped a bunch of girls and Michelle Obama took the selfie where she held held up a sign that said, bring back our girls. Cause you know, we're a country that stands for women all over the world. Everywhere there's women will be there to have their backs. <laughs> are you kidding me? Okay. Because the Democrats aren't speaking out. The women's rights organizations aren't speaking out specifically on the attacks against women. Okay. Wonder woman is Gail Godot. She's issuing statement after statement. Okay, post after post saying, hey, Hollywood, remember Me Too? Remember Time's Up? Remember it's time for women to be heard? Okay, women are literally screaming. Okay, women are literally being killed and raped and beheaded and tortured and having their corpses paraded around the region. And are we getting anything specific on that from the activists on the left? The answer would be no. No. Here is Jayapal because that's what she was asked about. Dana Bash was like, hey. What's up with the women thing? You guys are supposed to be the party of women. We're told Republicans are a bunch of misogynists. Okay, so what's up with the women? The question was specifically about the women. And Jayapal goes, well, you know, Israel's bad. Do you understand when you're not getting a straight answer, you're getting an answer. 
Someone sets you up on a blind date, and you're like, is she pretty? Well, she loves sports. You like sports. But you try, yeah, but yeah, how's she look? Well, listen, you're funny. She's funny. You guys are going to get on great. Okay, what they're telling you is the answer to whether or not she's pretty. And the answer is, she's a dog. <coughs> Here's Pramia Jayapal, okay, being pressed on Hamas using rape as a weapon. Clip four. Morally, I think we cannot say that one war crime deserves another. That is not what international humanitarian with, with, law says. Okay, with, with respect, I was just asking about the, the women, and you turned it back to Israel. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I, I said it's horrific, and okay. I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm -hmm. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. Yeah. Get her out. Get her out of here. We don't have to be balanced by no means. This is everything you need to know. One side's doing it. The other side isn't. One side was having a rave. The other side paraglided in and killed everybody. One side is operating in self-defense. Okay, the other side is getting a moral equivalency effort out of elected representatives in Congress. There are people in this government. We get yelled at all the time about racism. Oh, you don't understand. America, systemically racist. It's bad on the right. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. Straight up. Straight up. Okay. But in this instance, the people who like to weaponize race are the racists. Straight up. Okay. Hamas is using rape as a war tool, okay? It's shocking because of how barbaric and disgusting it is. And on a small scale, it's also shocking because let's be honest, Hamas isn't always known for hitting on women. <laughs> but the point is, this is what you have in Congress right now, okay? People who want you to believe what Hamas is doing is somehow okay. Okay, there's no world where it's okay. There's no world where anyone should stand for this. And I'll tell you something. If you go on Twitter and look at Jessica Tarloff's tweets, Jessica Tarloff's a liberal. You guys give her a hard time for coming on here, but I tell you every day, she is a woman of character. You might not like her policies, but I have her on because she articulates them really well and because I know she's brokering with you in good faith. Her view on how to help this country is not yours, but it doesn't make her your enemy. You understand? It just makes her a real person. And she is trashing the liberals in the House, up and down and sideways all over Twitter because to her credit, okay, she's just calling balls and strikes. And when you see somebody on the left saying that we need to condemn these people equally when it comes to what we're seeing? Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. She threw it into the stands is what she did, Premier Jayapal. Okay, that's disgusting. But I highlight it, I dwell on it, because you need to understand, these are a people on the left that in the coming election year at some point will be saying, oh, the Republicans don't care about women. Remember when, you know, Trump was in office and they were like, family separation. Trump separating families at the border. They don't care. Okay, never mind that the kids in cages and the big photo they showed on the New York Times actually built in 2014 under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, is they whined and cried 
We got that famous photo op in front of the chain link fence of AOC. AOC is a dope. Okay, but as we watched it, what did they tell us? Oh, the Republicans don't care about women. It's so bad. Okay, meanwhile, back at the ranch, the border numbers, the family separations, the kids in cages under Biden are literally 8 million people higher than they were under Donald Trump. 8 million people higher. Is anyone on the left saying anything? The answer would be no. And I bring that up because they never care about progress. They care about power. They never care about a cause. They care about control. So in the coming election year, you're going to hear Democrats say things like, we're the party of women. We care. We're not a bunch of misogynist racists like the Republicans. You got to vote for us because we look out for women. You know, unless they're getting raped or beheaded. Over in Israel, in which case, ah, we got to be balanced when you come up with this stuff. I mean, dude. That is offensive, and it is not true. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And now, great moments in presidential history. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. <laughs> Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. That is an unedited soundbite of the president of the United States. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But in the next hour, a top surrogate for the Biden 2020 campaign, a guy who claims to be trying to help Biden win in 2024. The Democrats are so committed to Biden winning in 2024 that they're letting Gavin Newsom have nationally televised (laughs) debates on our air. Uh, Hannity, Sean Hannity a man whose career has come a long way since I took him under my wing, will be hosting a town hall with Donald Trump tomorrow night right here on the Fox News Channel. The Trump man will be on Hannity for a full hour. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. And the thing about Trump is, you know, people do love him for his modesty. But Trump and Hannity will be sitting down tomorrow night. This is a precarious situation for the Trump man because DeSantis Newsom got 4.75 million viewers. That is a massive number, massive number. And you know the media, if Trump doesn't pull that number tomorrow night, is going to be all over that Trump number. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. But the harder they've run against Trump, the more powerful he's become. I have a theory why. Uh, And we'll get into a theory out of Kevin Wally on why Biden's going to win again. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. I don't believe it either. But we talk across the aisle on this show. We're confident in our ideas. And like I said, we're not activists. We're talk show hosts. And you can be a co-host in the next hour with myself and Kevin Walling. So buckle up, buttercup. We got some radio to do. Back after this on the big bad one and only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There he is, back in action on a Monday. Jimmy's here. Jimmy. It is Fox Across America with a big hour. 
Kevin Walling, a surrogate for the Biden campaign. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Stop it. I love Walling. Uh, not as much as I love you guys. If you want to weigh in, have the what are we talk. 888-788-9910. You know, there is no intellectual barrier for entry on the program. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a Big Monday. Back from Reno. Dean DeLulu. Dean DeLulo at the Carson Nugget. Take a bow. Jerry Evans at KKFT 99.1 FM. KSVL. Take a bow. Uh, it was just an epic all-around night. I thank you. I thank you. And if you guys want to catch a special announcement about my career, tune into Gutfeld tonight. At the end of the show, Greg and I are going to be having a little exchange with some breaking news that if you've been a supporter of me, uh, you will certainly support. <laughs> You'll be like, wow, this is pretty damn cool. So uh, that is all I can tell you. I normally say to you guys, you get the news before everybody else does. This is one of those moments where I actually legally can't tell you. Like, there's, I would actually be in, like, trouble. I would be with, at the, if I told you right now what's happening on Gutfeld tonight. He should be behind bars. That, maybe a firing squad. Okay, they're on a tight ship over here at Fox. But if you tune in to Gutfeld tonight in the E-block, that's the industry term for the rundown, the outline, in the E-block, you're going to see Big Game James with some career news. So certainly check that out. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we are talking about the economy. Uh, the Joe Biden economy. Do you remember they rolled out a term called Bidenomics and they planned to sell people on a strong economy by rallying behind the term Bidenomics? That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. Straight up. And you want to know something which is really funny? OK, media outlets now noticing that the Democratic Party and the Biden surrogates are no longer using the term Bidenomics. Come on, man. Why are they not using the term Bidenomics? Because the economy is tanking. Bingo. Okay, inflation is through the roof. Has it come down from where it was a year ago? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, but inflation is still outstripping, okay, the growth of wages at a time when this government continues to spend more money. That is financial lunacy. Okay, you know what else is financial lunacy? Our domestic energy production in this country. Because not only does that create jobs, not only does that change the ratios of supply and demand and get the price of gas down, okay, but it disarms a lot of the people who want to harm us on the other side of the world. Iran can afford to fund Hamas because their oil reserves went from $4 billion when Biden took office to $68 billion now. Biden's lost his marbles. Well, I don't know that he's lost his marbles because he would have to have had them at some point. But the point is, when it comes to domestic energy... Biden sucks. Okay, Russia invading Ukraine, something we're financing the other side of. Okay, Russia's oil has made Putin enough money that he can afford to invade Ukraine. He didn't have this money before Biden took office. And you understand Biden's policies have gotten us into two global conflicts that we are inadvertently subsidizing. You understand, okay? Hamas attacks Israel. Hamas is funded by Iran. We fund Iran. American assets in the region also attacked by Yemen, okay? Because Yemen funds the Houthis. 
and we fund Yemen. But we're not done here because we just sent $14 billion to Israel to fight back against the two armies that we ourselves are funding. Do you understand? Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Is it ever? Okay, but I'll take it a step further because it's the same thing in Ukraine. We've sent $100 billion to Ukraine and we've made Russia rich enough to fight them. Okay, and we've outsourced domestic energy production to third world dictators we always talk about we're fighting in Ukraine because we got to protect democracy. But we're also going to, you know, outsource our domestic energy production to places like Venezuela where they don't have democracy. Do you understand? Anti-democratic forces are getting richer because of our oil policy. And when it comes to the economy, okay, the cost of fuel is the driving force behind every single item that you pay for. Okay, not just gas, but diesel fuel as well. Those prices have not come down. And if it costs more money to ship, it's going to cost you more money to buy. And that's where we find ourselves in this moment. The economy is tanking, if only because wage growth might be there on a small scale, but inflation is higher. And sadly, when you open up the border to 8 million migrants and 2 million gotaways you wind up in a situation where even more of our resources are strained not to accommodate the people here, but the people coming here illegally. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. So when you hear they're not using the term Bidenomics anymore, it's because Bidenomics didn't work. Okay, here is a montage cut from Fox News Digital. They went to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Scranton Joe, birthplace of Joe Biden, his hometown, he famously always says on the campaign trail, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. He lived there a while. Okay, but here are citizens of Biden's hometown being asked about Bidenomics. Clip 12. Well, I'll go to the grocery store, pump gas, I guess is the only thing I got to say about it. My my opinion is he, I don't know, he praises here, but I don't, I don't think he actually, like, grew up like here technically so he uses that as like that he cares about us but I mean he should be caring about the whole world too like and that's how I feel. It's tougher for people you know so how could he be seeing it through our eyes if you know it's just gotten tougher I feel like for everybody. Well I'd lean towards him over Trump but I feel like he could do good it's just been a cr- I mean he did get just get into office with COVID and all that stuff going on so I don't know. It's a tough question. I feel like there's some pickings when it comes to the candidates, you know, for the people anyway. <laughs> Biden is such a disaster. Because when you listen to what they're telling you, yee, and here's more of it, clip 13. I don't think any of them see it through the eyes of the people. I think they all see it through the eyes of Washington. It's gotten worse. I'm a registered Democrat, but I'm not happy. No, I totally don't like... Uh anything to do with politics anyway. They're all a bunch of liars. They don't, you know what I mean? I just don't have nothing to do with politics. I think he's the worst president we ever had, to be honest with you. But, no, I'm not, I'm, this, this economy sucks. I mean, everything's going up, except, you know, paychecks, you know. I just think the economy sucks. Ever since Biden got in. Oh, man. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) 
<laughs> How great is that last guy? I don't really get into politics, but this is the worst president we've ever had. Tell him like it is. <laughs> but it's true, guys. I'm just being honest. Not as a Republican, not as some like Fox News strongman. I'm an American. And I drove a taxi for most of my adult life. I've said this to you a million times, partly to inspire you. You can do whatever you want in this country. 80% of the people aren't going that hard because they're being told they can't do it. The deck is stacked. You've got to rely on the government. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Very well said. Okay, but understand, in this country, there are no rules, man. No, none, zero. And I knew that as a cab driver. There was no rule. None that said I couldn't work so hard, so insanely hard that I might find a way out of that cab and maybe onto more stand-up stages, maybe even onto the radio. Who knows? Maybe somebody would be dumb enough to put me on TV someday. Okay? Those were aspirations I held and I understood as a cab driver at a time when I not only didn't have money in the bank, but I didn't even have a bank. Okay? But I knew every damn day I would be here someday. And why did I know that? Because I lived in America. Okay, you can do whatever the hell you want, as trapped as you might feel, as frustrated as you might be, as beaten down as the world can take you. Okay, understand that there is no rule, none at all, that says you can't get up off that mat and put the work in and demonstrate the resolve and the persistence that it takes to get where you want to be. Okay, there is no rule. That's the joy of living in America. But right now, there is a scarcity of hope. There is a scarcity of belief in the American dream because they've beaten that into people. Barack Obama, to his credit, ran on, yes, we can. That was actually the slogan, yes, we can. But the modern Democratic Party at every turn is telling you, no, you can't. No, you can't. Nope, don't even bother. We're so racist. We're so misogynist. Okay, why would you even bother in this country? We've been systemically racist for 247 years. That's why we elected a guy who's been a part of that systemically racist government for 50. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? But the truth is, and I do mean this, you guys, if you want to be something, something that you ain't right now, you've never played in a weaker division than the one you happen to be playing with. And this is true throughout time, the first half of what I'm about to tell you. In every job you get... You quickly come to find out in every job, 80% of the people you're surrounded by are doing the bare minimum that it will take in order to keep their job. They've figured out what is expected of them. They figured out what level of aptitude they will have to demonstrate on a daily basis. They've settled into a nice, comfy lifestyle, and they're never going to work any harder from that day forward. Okay, so you're ultimately only competing against 20 percent of your division when you show up to work hell bent on making it to the tippy top of your profession. That is reality. Like in broadcasting, straight up, 80 percent of the broadcasters are doing the same show every day. Okay, they figured out the bare minimum. This is what I can do. This is how I can keep the gig. This is how I can just get by year in and year out, make some revenue for the station. And never really change much at all. I've now settled into my lifestyle and I'm good to go. And that's one of the reasons every once in a while a hard charging show comes out of nowhere and makes all the progress like mine did. Okay, I'm not telling you I'm particularly good. I'm just telling you I'm busting my ass because I have a work ethic. I come from a family full of cops and soldiers. 
You know, that's what I come from. These are people who throw on uniforms and go out there every day and tell the world to bring it on. Okay, that's what I come from. And the point is, that's what a lot of you come from. Okay, farmers, cops, I tell that to Lincoln all the time. I'm like, you have like such good DNA. Half your family's cops and soldiers. The other half's farmers. Okay, you are capable of outworking everyone in your division. But the reason Bidenomics is such a losing argument right now is a lot of people that are doing the work see the government getting in the way, see their surge being held back. And that's why they've abandoned it. Okay, here's Meet the Press, a Washington Post live anchor, flat out saying they no longer say Bidenomics because it's a negative. Clip 14. Bidenomics has really been kind of a negative, become a negative word, especially among Democrats, because it's not working. I was texting with some members of Democratic members of Congress last night, just trying to get a read over the holiday weekend, what they're hearing at home and what people are saying. And these members said that it is just not looking good Mm. for President Biden politically out there, that he would probably lose some swing states if if the election were held today. So they have a lot of work to do to, once again, like I said, try to get uh, get credit for the successes that he's had over the past two years, which he keeps on getting blamed for everything bad. That was embarrassing. Okay, because she's being honest when she says Bidenomics is a bad word. But when she says Biden, oh, you know, he's not getting credit for the successes. Oh, shut up, woman. (laughs) what were the successes the climate okay i mean really what would you tell me the successes are okay wages are down inflation's up gas is up the borders overrun the schools are failing crime is up this woman gets on with a straight face straight face and says oh he's not getting enough credit He's not getting enough credit for the successes that he's given to the American people. What would you do with a brain if you had one? That is an activist masquerading as a journalist. But you don't have to depend on journalists or activists or presidents in this country. You live in America where there is no rule that says as stacked as the deck might feel, as inept as Washington might be, Okay, you can get out of bed tomorrow and bust your ass just the way you will the day after that and the day after that and the day after that because you live in a place with no rule that says you can't be whatever it is you want to be. You can't get wherever you want to go. Is the government making it harder right now? Yes. Okay, but the government, for all the people who find out the bare minimum they need to do in order to keep their jobs, (laughs) there is no bigger culprit of bare minimalism than the government which is why a guy like Trump was able to walk in off the street and hand everybody their ass in 2016. He flat out outworked them, okay? And that's an opportunity you have, not just today, but every damn day. Freedom! A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing on the radio. And I will, of course, be on Gutfeld tonight. If you're watching Fallavision, a special announcement regarding me and my career coming in the e-block on Gutfeld. Wally is on the line. He has theories. Wally! Jimmy, Jimmy, my man, I just, I've got to, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to reveal what you're going to talk about tonight. I've intercepted, I've intercepted an internal Lachlan Murdoch. 
memo. Oh. I don't. And, I, uh, I never hear from Lackland. It's always Rupert with me, obviously. You well, know, I know. And, continue. Well, and this is because <laughs> they want to avoid the federal labor laws. Uh-huh. Uh, Lackland and the Murdoch family apparently is going to adopt you and rename Fox Corporation to Fela Corporation Media Company. Now, I, I'm going to put that to bed right now. That was offered, just so everyone understands. <laughs> We couldn't quite come to terms on it, but yes. And, uh, and listen, your your intel is clearly pretty good because that what they were like. What if we rename the channel after him? <laughs> Wally, good for after you. The, after the man that's on it the most, I'll say. Well, uh, listen, I have a quiet day today, but at ten o'clock tonight, I'll be back. And uh, all good stuff, Wally. Uh, just a couple things you need to know, my friend. I am coming down to West Palm in two weeks, but do you know where? Uh, am I saying the town right, Ponta Verde? Poncho Verde, Vidre. I am going to, the the date is official. It's approved by Fox and everything, and it's coming. It's going to be in the middle of March. I'm going to be down there. Is that anywhere near you? It's uh, everywhere is near me. Um, I'm a a Florida traveler. I love my state. Okay. Well, no, I just, I just need to know whether or not I have to warn security. That's all I'm asking you. Um, yeah, it just depends on what um, drinking establishments you might go to. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about it, Wally. But, uh, good stuff, brother. Thanks for the call. We'll do it again. There goes the great Wally. Uh, I will tell you this. Wally's intel a little bit off the mark, as you might imagine. <laughs> but things are going down, yo. Going all the way down to Chinatown. Kevin Wally, he's going to be here in studio next. A surrogate. A surrogate for Joe Biden. Are you stupid or something? He's not stupid. He's fabulous. And you might not like anything he has to say. But this is a good old-fashioned American talk show where we talk across the aisle because we're confident in our ideas. So buckle up. Walling in the ring with the champ when we come back on Fox Across America. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show where you don't have to wear a fitted sport coat to fit in. But this next guest sure as hell did. Uh, he is a Democratic strategist, a fan favorite, not just here, but everywhere, and certainly in the Fallon house. If Jenny Fallon wasn't listening to the show today. She is now. Is that right? She just chased Shout the landscaper out, out of the bedroom. Yeah. The landscaper's Forget gone. Lincoln. You know? Yeah, no, Lincoln's at school right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the we landscaper. Hope. We yeah. hope. Yeah. Hey, you don't know. You got to see Hold up the newspaper, cards. Lincoln, from That's the school. That sound you hear. Uh, Kevin Walling in the house on Fox Across America. No, no, it was not, Walling. And do not go on defense. You are very much always on offense here. You are I, a friend like of ours. To, I like to go both ways, offense and defense. Well, I've, I've seen that Personal on your player. I've seen that on your grinder profile as well. <laughs> hey, but, uh, hey. Let's stay on message hey here, Walling. You're, hey you're an engaged Listen, man now. Hundred days to the wedding. Don't get me in any uh, wow, trouble. Hundred days. Well, less than now. It's uh, two twenty four. So I don't know what the days are now. But now, it's like ninety or something. Now, in terms of because I don't know if this is a thing. Okay, so forgive me. But when it comes to straight marriages, there yes. was a term coined called bridezillas. Yes. Where the bride could just be Alluded a to. monster. Yeah. <laughs> just totally. destroying yeah. everything in her path. 
Is that a thing in the gay community? Or oh. is it, no. Have you met a gay man? <laughs> and just... then you team them up with two of them? <laughs> usually unlimited budgets? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so this is this is one of those Godzilla versus whatever movies, yeah. you know, those sci-fi yeah. movies? King Kong versus King Godzilla? Kong, I, yeah, I just saw him in Times Square. <laughs> and it wasn't Alex. <laughs> Your spouse is climbing the Empire State Building right now to beat up a photographer. Grabbing a blonde on the way up and taking her with her. So give me this. Where are you and Alex on the Bridezilla scale? Uh, two gay men combined to get married. Are you manageable or have you had those I'm very moments? manageable. I'm low drama. You know, he's planning everything. He used to do like presidential advance for Mitt Romney. But, but you so really emphasize and everything. But stick with me. And I yeah. understand he's from the right side of the aisle, which we appreciate. A lot of people don't understand the value of hate oh, he's, sex. He's they don't understand it. He's a Republican. That, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. He was Trump's inaugural spokesperson. Thank you. I mean, he's like he's uh, he's got some legit bona fides. He's tied in, guys. Yeah. So this, what I'm trying to say is, the conservatives and the liberals can hate Walling. That's right. <laughs> Not the, the right and the, the left. The conservatives Ooh. can hate you because of you. The liberals can hate you because of your spouse. That's why I keep this comb over to, to, to appeal to some of the right. But. I just found it curious that you said the words "I'm" when I asked how big, big of Bridezilla's are you, and you go "I'm low maintenance." That's true. Is and this... so is Alex. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're, we're nice cleanup. Yeah, nice yeah. cleanup. He's planning everything. I just have to pay for it. Spoken like a Biden <laughs> surrogate. You know how to walk back a statement like Always. it never happened. Always. Kevin K- Wallen. KJP every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, KJP should have to do the moonwalk out to the podium every day. She's great. God love her. Hey, She's can I tell great. you something? Yes. I met her at the correspondence dinner. I bet she was Sweet lovely, woman. too. It was. The only hangabout, say to the whole thing, is when, mm-hmm. the, when the waiter asked what she wanted for dinner, she had to go through a binder for 12 minutes to give him an answer. <laughs> we're like, all right, speed it up, honey. Same it on page 12. I kid. Uh, but we're talking to Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist. Uh, the clip I played that preceded you was about the fact that we're not hearing the term Bidenomics anymore. According to Washington Post Live, a anchor from Washington Post Live who was on Meet the Press yesterday, that it's become a little bit of a net negative on the campaign trail. Do you care to speak to this? Well, listen, you know, I, I think it was a way to, you know, take something that was an attack, right? So they called it Bidenomics. The right was calling it Bidenomics for a while. And Biden, with, a uh, you know, great economic indicators with jobs, with wages now outpacing inflation, oh, want to kind of take it back and own it. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see if it connects with the American people. Um, I mean, I think it's connecting so well <laughs> that Gavin Newsom is now doing primetime events on our channel. I mean, isn't that the well, tell? That was, a, that was a great debate. I, I enjoyed had, it. I, I had liberal friends texting me that Sean Hannity should host more debates. I mean, I will say this for Hannity, okay? And I always like to mention him. I like to give the smaller shows a bump. You know what I mean? It's a thing. It's a benevolent thing I do. Is I like to you know build he's, people he's up. What hour on TV is he? I think he's at night. I he's don't at even night. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it on Thursday, but yeah, I'm never sure if it's live or it's I pre-taped. Yeah. I mean, he's he's struggling. <laughs> he's going to get by eventually. I think his career is going to get some traction. But uh, I will say this to his credit, and and I really genuinely appreciated it. And it, I would have appreciated it if it happened on any other channel. Yeah. Engagement, engagement is the greatest thing we could do for this country right 100%. now. Hundred percent. And I, I told this to someone at my live event on Saturday. Someone at Reno in Reno was like, "Yeah, we love Fox, but we can't believe you put Gavin Newsom on." And I'm like, "No, no, you should want us if you're confident in yeah. your ideas. Yeah, you should want Gavin Newsom. You want on. that exchange. That's the type of debate we want. We want a debate that's issues based. Okay. And it was pretty substantial. I, it in was that regard. a lot of moments. Uh, yeah. He didn't. Uh, you know, I, I said this online. If you did a shot for every time he answered a question dead on, you could have been someone's designated driver. <laughs> there weren't a lot of direct answers, but he's good. He is good. Yeah. So what I'm saying to you is, and this was the 
concern amongst outsiders, people who didn't work on the Biden campaign. But there was, you know, this premonition going in that he might look and prove to be savvy enough against live ammo on Fox News, no less, that there would be some behind-the-scenes appetite to go, what if we took this guy and snuck him in there? Do you think he did more to build on that premonition, or do you think less? I mean, it goes back to the question about, you know, gay Godzilla brides. Like, have you met a Democrat? All we do is second-guess our candidates, even when they're in office. Yeah. You know, we wring our hands. Oh, my God, all is lost and stuff like that. We got, you know, we got an administration that won 8 million more votes. It's tough to take out an incumbent. Uh-huh. And he did that. And we're already, <clears throat> excuse me, on to figuring out what's next. Well, there's the thing. I know that you guys are good at figuring out what's next. We're talking to Kevin Walling, by the way. Um, and I do believe the Democrats as a party are very good at working long con. And what I mean by that is a lot of times what looks like uh, a losing day for them becomes a winning month or a winning year. Sure. A good example of that would be abortion. Okay, yep. abortion swung the midterms. The reason 100%. there wasn't a red wave was because of abortion. And the off-cycle election oh, that just happened, too. Absolutely. That's why I always say in the general, the most formidable Republican at this point is probably Nikki, because she can actually articulate a pro-life position coming from a woman yeah. that doesn't necessarily demonize the pro-choice people. 100%. She's and lethal. She had that great—she's had two, three great debate uh, appearances where it's come up, where she mm-hmm. talks to, you know, uh, about her struggles with, you know, getting pregnant and stuff like that. And, I mean, that appeals to women. And, yeah. and she's, you know, she's realistic about what actually can pass in the Senate and, mm-hmm. and in Congress. And I don't think people realize, like, how much suburban swing voters and women are going to dictate the outcome of this election. And that's where she is viable. Yeah. But I think part of the challenge becomes, and when I talk about you guys working long con as a party, this is just a theory. This is not informed. This is me having a horse sense as a former cab driver who just happens to now be the best dressed man in cable news. This interview notwithstanding, though. Because you are, I mean, you look like a serious campaign I mean, surrogate. Listeners, please turn tune into the live stream. I look right like now. I look like I'm holding the boom mic at a porno. <laughs> I don't know what you call this. Did somebody <laughs> order a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Talking to Kevin Wallach. Uh, we're having a great time. <laughs> but this is the long con I could see happening. It's like Democrats are really good like this. They what you alluded to earlier was turning a weakness into a strength. Sure. And you said Bidenomics was a way to go on offense mm-hmm. against what was perceived to be a weakness. Okay, right now the heavy criticism of Biden is we're like, he's old. We can't have a guy that old. And yeah. that's the only thing you hear out of the right. He's old. How old is he? You know, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. The other day my wife told me to come upstairs <laughs> and make love to me. I said, I can't do both. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, all righty. He's old, I tell you. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. Stick with me. Okay, I believe there's a world. This is just me. Okay, I believe there's a world where the second, if in fact it happens, Trump clinches the Republican nomination. The Democrats put someone 30 years younger than him on the ticket than Biden and go, he's old and point at Trump. I believe the argument the Republicans are making towards Biden right now will ultimately be reversed against them. If only if Trump wins the nomination. Sure. What do you think of that? Well, I, you know, I think Trump is going to be the nominee. Mm-hmm. We can talk about how great Nikki Haley is as a candidate, but right now she's down 50 points nationwide, down double digits in Iowa. She's running strong in Iowa. She's now tied with DeSantis. But it's certainly going to be Donald Trump. And, you know, I think a little bit of that age argument goes out the window. If it's him, in they cancel each other out. Matchup, you know, yeah. look at the two of them together on that debate stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm hopeful that that debate will happen. Uh, but listen, I think the president is going to be the nominee, right? I mean, I, I, I don't envision a world uh, where, you know, the, he is the party leader. There are no party leaders of the Democratic Party. The president, the commander-in-chief, is the party leader. 
and and he and by is president, up for that. And by president, you mean Obama? <laughs> Obama's Obama's like out with Michelle, you know, in can Portugal. I just, can I add to that? My, He's living it up right my now. My favorite thing in the world is because it's a, it's the laziest knee-jerk reaction for a Republican pundit. Yeah. When they go like, oh, Michelle Obama's going to jump. Michelle Obama's never Michelle running Obama for president. Michelle Obama hates politics. I know. I say that to people hates all the time. Hates the silliness of all of this. But it's like, like yeah. Every rep- you, you'll never go a news cycle about Biden's <laughs> poll numbers, even on our channel, yeah. where someone won't dive in and go, well, wait till Michelle. Michelle Obama gets yeah, right? the race. I mean, she is loving life Dude, now. She is like, on Spielberg's yacht yes, with Bruce Springsteen. With Bruce Springsteen and a tambourine. <laughs> like, you are not bringing her back to Washington, let she, me tell you. She wants, to go, she wants to go look at the butter cow at the Iowa State no, Fair. No. She's getting... Her eight, husband didn't even want to do that. She's getting... <laughs> she, she's getting eight-handed <laughs> massages when someone calls in sick. Exactly. Okay, it's normally exactly. a ten-handed <laughs> massage. Let's be honest. She is living the life. Yeah, and every, yeah. It's, whenever Biden gets a bad poll, like, well, when Michelle Obama jumps in, she's not running. No. She wouldn't want to. I admire your honesty for that. No world uh, where le- that happens. Last but not least, uh, it's very rare on this show that the bar gets set at Jessica Tarloff. Hey, but a former. I'm a huge but a fan of Democrat. I know you okay. love JT, and uh, we do as well. And it's the one thing Fox News deserves so much credit for that they don't get is we're having on liberals that are yeah. liberals. Oh yeah, they're articulating their viewpoints, not being shut down. Nope. And I mean, you'll get outnumbered from time to time and beat up on. But the point is, we have liberals on who are liberals, like a CNN Republican is like a chicken that works on the board at Popeye's. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can call him a chicken, but if he's on the board at Popeye's, yeah. not really looking out for calls, the party. Calls coming from inside the, Thank you. the farm. So Tarloff going right out to the Twitter yesterday, or whatever X or whatever Elon yeah, Musk yeah, yeah. is going to get stoned and call it next, and uh, openly condemning uh, Premier Jayapal for yeah. the balanced critiques of Israel and Hamas. Where are you on this? There, there's no comparison. Right. And I'm so glad we're calling out this crap from the left. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I'm as Democrat blue as it comes. Uh, but the atrocities of, of October 7th, there is no uh, justification whatsoever. There's no placating that there's no whitewashing of what happened with rapes and murders, kidnappings. Uh, it's horrific. Yeah. And full stop. OK, fair. And what we're seeing with these protests and stuff like that and from the river to the sea, it's disgusting. You know, you saw uh, Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman out of uh, Detroit, use that same line. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know the history of that line and mm-hmm. what it means. There's no, there's no ambiguity about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that folks on the on the left can call that out mm-hmm. within my own party. I do it every single day. Um, and and I, I want to see folks on the right when Donald Trump praises Hezbollah as smart. I want to see the right, you know, say that's not. They're terrorists. Trump has this right? issue. Like, you know, Listen, they're not good people. I want to hand you this because I, I, I commend you for taking the honest position that you did. Because I think it's, it's an easy position I to know, take. But if I you fundamentally believe but in. I, I agree. But I do. Right. I still think it's a challenge for the president because there's a significant percentage of the party that does support squad members who espouse these views. Sure, they've and got a base of support. And nope, you need nope, their support. 100%. So he is in a tough spot because I believe he said the right things about Israel, but yep. I also believe behind the scenes his hands are kind of tied in that he needs to in some way equivocate, you know, that support for Hamas behind the scenes. I do believe that. But you're not not not, not some not support for Hamas hopefully, but support for Palestinians. Yeah, fair, we got to make fair, that fair, fair. distinction. And, I, and that is clear and I, I'll give yeah. you that. We're Sometimes Kevin people on the left don't make that distinction. Yeah, I know. Right? And I'll, I'll give you credit for that. Um but I do think we are living in a world where Biden and Trump kind of need each other 
for either of them to win the election. I don't believe there's a Republican Biden can be besides Trump. I don't believe there's a Democrat Trump can be besides Biden. I think it's it's very much shades of Trump Hillary where the only two people in, in the race that year that either one of them could have beat was the other. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think we're staring at right now. Well, and so much of their arguments have been mm-hmm. based in that electability argument, to your yeah. point, against mm-hmm. a head-to-head race. And, and again, when the vast majority of Democrats want Joe Biden to be the standard bearer and the vast majority of Republicans want Donald Trump to be the standard standard mm-hmm. uh, bearer, um, you know, we're going to have that dynamic play out again. Now, but we- I'm with the guy that won last time, hopefully. Not yeah, well, I'll see and there's a lot so, of wood in oh, this uh, new studio. So you, plenty of places to knock. So you're with the guy who won in 2020. I didn't know you were a Trump supporter. I kid. I kid. <laughs> He's we coming back. No He's coming back. We have no proof. But what you're saying is, so, uh, I, I guess it would be the last question then, because I know you have a wedding to plan, is um, <laughs> do you have a start date uh, for your job on the Newsom campaign? Uh, I, I, listen, I, I, I am with anyone that will invite me to a White House Christmas party. <laughs> I've said that before to you. <laughs> like, on this network, if it's Nikki, uh, you know, Gov, can, can Gov Nikki, you, you know, I'm in. Kevin Walling, I gotta say I'm an this. easy date. I don't, <laughs> it's I don't not want, a high bar. I don't want Alex to think I'm hitting on you, but you are going to look. I mean, he always thinks that. But you're going to look so cute in that MAGA hat. <laughs> <laughs> you're the Absolutely best. not. There he goes. I'm Joe all the way. We're back after this. <laughs> the show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Three sold-out shows at the Nugget in Carson City on Saturday night. One of the fine gentlemen who not only patronized the venue but took the time to speak to me afterwards, uh, was a guy I wanted to highlight because he's attempting to do some good in the world. Uh, and Jim joins us now in Reno. Yo, Jim. Hey, Jimmy. How are you today? Uh, slightly hungover still, uh, but I'll be okay. <laughs> I'll be okay. Those are such, such like, honestly, though, that room, and I try to explain this to our listeners, the collective good time we have at the Nugget. Have you ever been a part of it like it anywhere else? I haven't as a comic. It's no. so unique. Well, and it was nice that you uh, are willing to mingle with with the group. So, oh yeah, and that's where I pitched the fact that you know we're doing some really good stuff here in, mm-hmm. in the Carson City area. Yep. So it's actually Carson City region um, impacts a little bit of Reno, but mm-hmm. uh, I run a nonprofit that's uh, not reliant on the government, mm-hmm. and we're pulling off some stuff that's kind of like Mike Rowe and, and Dirty Jobs, where yep. he's trying to encourage people to go back to school into the trades, and he's providing scholarships to people and what we've got is a big issue with housing here Mm -hmm. so what we decided to do is to build apartments to make it affordable for people to go back to the trades so Mm -hmm. we're looking for people with the act probably should have gone to college Mm -hmm. but didn't well but they've got the academic skills and uh the job history and um, an interest in welding nursing yep well can i jump in i just want to piggyback off you said about the mike rowe you know ethos of this whole thing okay there has never been a better time in the history of this country to learn a trade and get into that field and kind of be your own boss in some aspects or even so make a phenomenal living without being you know two or three hundred thousand dollars in debt to get there and I tell Lincoln that all the time. I think this is probably where uniquely positioned is this might be the best time ever to do what you're doing. But a lot of your nonprofit relies on outside funding to help get that message out, correct? 
Absolutely. Yeah, we we depend on the community as opposed to the government um, because there's always too many strings attached, and they're into housing first, which means you give somebody housing, and then it's up to them if they mm-hmm. want to volunteer to do anything worthwhile with their family. Mm-hmm. Well, and get, ours is different. Yeah. Ours is program first. If you're in our program, we're going to help you. And we love and that. If you start screwing up, you lose your housing. <laughs> you lose your food. Thank you. So we've got yeah, so but let me, do me this. Programs and everything else to support those I, those folks. I know there's so much so much great, but let me ask you this: uh, Is there a website people can go to? Sure, um, nvfish.com, and that's NV, kind of like abbreviated Nevada, mm-hmm. not jealousy. <laughs> nvfish.com, mm-hmm. and hopefully you were one of the uh, the folks. Uh, we're going to be opening up the new apartments for this semester coming up here mm-hmm. in the winter mm-hmm. and um, hopefully we'll we'll have one named after you or, or oh your, you stop it folks and give it to the website one more time we're 10 seconds out from commercial nvfish.com let's get them great call jim we'll do it again brother keep up the good work live from everywhere usa it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. oh is it ever we are back in action for a big hour of the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not surging in the polls. No, as it turns out, Nikki Haley is. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Haley is hot. Uh, fresh off an appearance with myself on Fox News Saturday night. New polling showing that Iowa has become a make-or-break state for Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Does it look like Haley's about to beat Trump? The answer would be no. No, Trump is up by about 50 points. But the fact remains Nikki Haley really hot within the party, certainly extremely formidable in a general election. She beats Biden by a lot more than Trump beats Biden by. Point being, they both beat Biden. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) But we're going to discuss it because two things are happening this week of major significance in the Republican primaries. Donald Trump is doing a town hall on our air on the Fox News channel tomorrow night with Sean Hannity in the 9 p.m. hour. You get I mean, you talk about a power booking for Hannity. He opens the week on Trump and then on Thursday he gets Jimmy Fallon on the show. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. Oh, listen, man, it blows my mind every day. Five years ago, the idea of me even getting tickets to Hannity's show would have blew my mind. And now here I am scalping them outside the studio without him knowing. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. But two things matter this week. Hannity and Trump sit down tomorrow for a full hour. We're doing a Fox News town hall with Donald Trump tomorrow. Trump gets our channel for an hour. Wednesday is the last GOP primary debate of the year where the remaining candidates will duke it out, one of whom is not Doug Burgum, who has decided to concentrate on more realistic goals like finding Bigfoot and swimming a lap with the Loch Ness Monster. Doug Burgum has dropped out of the race. What the hell did you just say? Okay, and I play that soundbite because most of you didn't know Doug Burgum was in the race. He knows what he's talking about. That being said, the remaining candidates square off on Wednesday. And I will be offering post-debate analysis Wednesday night on Fox Nation uh, with Rachel Campos, Duffy, and a host of your Fox favorites. We will be on Fox Nation streaming live debate analysis. Not on the big channel itself. They don't want me on live air with the respected political pundits. They don't want me out there next to Brett Baer and Dana Perino, people who know things. 
Uh, but on Nation, where, you know, it's a little looser. You can bring Jimmy in to do some card tricks, make a few balloon animals, and I'll be there doing both. But essentially, Trump getting a forum tomorrow night because he has skipped the debates. Strategically, it doesn't – I get the strategy of Trump skipping debates, if only – because when you have a 50-point lead, the only way people can close the gap is if they make a play against you. Bingo. Okay, Nikki Haley shooting down DeSantis bumps her up two points, three points. DeSantis shooting down Chris Christie or something like that, two, three points. Somebody, you know, slamming Vivek. Okay, you may get a point. Oh, they had a good moment when they made fun of Vivek. Okay, but the only way to be the man is to beat the man. And right now... Donald Trump is the man in the Republican Party. If he was a Democrat, he would be the them. But we wouldn't assume his pronouns. But as a, as a Republican, he is very much the man right now with a 50-point lead. Doesn't mean he's necessarily going to win this thing. Uh, but if the election was held today, he sure as hell would. Other obstacles could emerge down the road. But the reason tomorrow is significant for Trump is it's a chance for him to get his ideas out there. Okay, ideas that have been lacking on the campaign trail because the guy's been in court the whole time. Okay, we had never indicted a president in the 247 year history of the country. Donald Trump is now under 91 different indictments by the Democrats. That's just how white folks will do you. So you understand him getting out there tomorrow night is significant. It's also significant because the ratings just came out for the DeSantis Newsom debate and they were through the roof. 4.75 million viewers which is legitimately 2 million more viewers than Trump drew in his last Hannity Town Hall. So DeSantis and Newsom outrated Trump by 2 million viewers. So whatever happens tomorrow night for Trump, you damn well better believe the media is going to be out there if he doesn't get the number DeSantis and Newsom did. Going, Trump's losing it. People aren't into him anymore. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But that's where they'll be. That will be the storyline. So there's two subplots playing out this week. America gets a fresh look at Trump at a time when he's legitimately beating Biden in the polls right now. He is beating Biden in the polls. Okay, and one of the main reasons why is Biden's terrible as a president and he's surrounded by people who have their heads up their ass. I'm Kamala Harris and I approve this message. So Trump has a lot of momentum because there's this immediate contrast between how we were doing and how we are doing. It's the reason Trump's so popular. Number one, people don't believe in the rule of law in this country anymore. They don't believe in our Justice Department, which is sad. It's a really sad commentary on the state of affairs in this country that 91 criminal indictments don't hurt Trump. I mean that. I'm not happy he's under indictment. Okay, I think it's a weaponized justice system. I think it's an abuse of power. But at the same time, it's actually a sad commentary on the integrity of our government that their word means nothing to the public anymore. That them indicting Trump is not hurting him in the polls doesn't mean Trump members are a bunch of cult members. It means we've all lost faith in our government. And that's a really bad place to find yourself in a country. So this immediate contrast between the quality of life under Trump and the quality of life under Biden is ultimately what has him polling as well as he is. Okay, you can tell me you like DeSantis's policies. You can tell me you like Nikki Haley's policies. But we've never seen them in action. We've never seen what the country looks like with them behind the resolute desk. We've seen what the country looks like with Trump behind the resolute desk. And we've seen the ring on the desk from his Diet Coke can. This guy will say anything. But the point is, okay, we've seen a better America. 
than the one we're living in now. And that's why Trump finds himself in the position that he's in. So DeSantis, in terms of being he was public enemy number one, if you were a Trump guy, okay, DeSantis has been your top rival from the minute he finally entered the race with that ham-handed intro on Twitter spaces where the thing didn't even work. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. I told you straight up, straight up. That's why you should appreciate the show because I'm really cool. I don't just cheer, you know, fangirl for a Republican. I think Ron DeSantis is a guy you could elect president tomorrow and he'd be a pretty good president. I actually think he could do the job. I don't think he can get the job straight up. I don't think he can win. But I think he could do the job. Okay, I, I really damn well do. I think he's been a great governor in Florida. I think there's a reason people are moving there at the rates that they are. And I think the people of Florida would be lucky to have him for 10 more terms as governor. Obviously, the rules don't allow such things. But the point is, he is effective in his role as a leader. But he has really bad political instincts. And I said it day one. On the day they announced their campaign, they wanted to be hip. And they were like, well, we're going to do this direct the consumer thing. We don't need the big media outlets to get our message out. We'll go right there to the Twitter, and it'll work just fine. Now, if you remember, DeSantis came onto our channel after first attempting to announce on Twitter. But you understand, this was the guy with the most money, with the biggest campaign, with the best record, and dare I say, the least baggage, because Trump has more baggage than DeSantis. Okay, what, DeSantis got in a fight with Mickey Mouse? I mean, that was a thing. That happened. Now listen, little boy. But the point is, beyond that, it's not major baggage. Okay, so DeSantis was primed for a really clean ride. You know how they say in the Kentucky Derby or in horse racing, you know, a guy had a bumpy ride. You know, it means the horse was boxed in at one point. It means the horse was being blocked by another horse at one point, mud in its face. Okay, DeSantis was set up to run inside on the wire with pole position, surging reelection win, overwhelming. Okay, Dade County, he wins Latinos. He increases Republican support with minority voters as a whole by the largest level in state history. Ron DeSantis comes in to the 2024 race as the absolute shining example of what a candidate could be. Wrong. Okay, but that political instinct thing, the thing that really helps win elections, you know, the ability to make plays with the game on the line, it's the thing that got Trump into the White House in 2016, and it might get him back in again. Trump can make plays. Okay, he can get out there and turn a negative into the positive. Remember uh, when the very first presidential debate happened, okay, in 2016, they were in Cleveland, and the opening question was Donald Trump— You've called women pigs and dogs and slobs. How can you expect to get to at which point he said only Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) But guys, you know what that's called? That's called making a play. Made a play. Broke on the ball. Pick six. Saw them running an out route. Jumped the route. Grabbed the ball, high-stepped off to the end zone. Trump can make plays. Like him, hate him, I don't care. He's a playmaker. Okay, Ron DeSantis, he's not a playmaker. He's not. He's not. If you saw him debate Gavin Newsom, you understand. Ron DeSantis was armed with the facts. Sean Hannity was displaying the facts on the screen. Did Newsom do better? Uh, did DeSantis do better than Newsom? Yeah, he did. I mean, policy-wise, absolutely better. You want DeSantis's policies. You want Newsom's teeth whitener. 
Newsom probably has a better pedicure, too. Newsom, to his credit, is a playmaker, okay? He is able to turn negatives into positives. Newsom was recalled. He was recalled as the governor. Anybody but him, that was the vote. And he won with a big, by a big amount. Now, you can tell me California is overwhelmingly liberal, but understand that overwhelmingly liberal state recalled the guy. I think he's got a point. So you understand he is a playmaker. DeSantis is not a playmaker. Will Nikki Haley prove to be a playmaker? I can't tell you she will be, but she's going to need to be if she wants to catch Trump. Nobody's going to hand it to her. But I can tell you now, Gavin Newsom was prescient in his remarks when he said during the debate, he's like, the one thing me and Ron have in common is neither one of us will be our party's nominee. Okay, that's what Gavin Newsom said into the TV. And it was, you know, to be honest with you, uh, when you say that, okay, as Gavin Newsom, okay. That is a lie. Because there's a good chance he will be the nominee. Okay, I don't believe Biden's running this thing wire to wire. Okay, but I do believe when you look at the Republican Party as it's presently constituted, whoever the Democrat is going to run against, it's down to Haley and Trump. And I know a lot of Republicans hate Haley. My Twitter feed this weekend just for having her on the show to look, no thanks. People on Twitter are learning terms now. They say like neocon and all that stuff. And it's like it's hip and trendy to say and you pour a lot of emotion into it. But the truth is, if this is about Twitter hate, okay, that's one conversation. But if this is about winning the general election, do you know what issue is going to swing the general election? Maybe it's not the most important issue to you, certainly not the most important issue to me. Okay, but the issue that's going to win this election is abortion. Straight up. It ain't the border. Okay, it should be. It ain't the economy, but the economy will be up there near the top. Certainly ain't climate change. Oh, God, nobody cares. Nobody cares. If climate change was, a, was an issue that mattered, truly mattered, okay, they wouldn't have passed the biggest climate change bill in the history of this country under the title Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud. That's what they did. The Inflation Reduction Act. Did it actually go out there and reduce inflation? The answer would be no. No, it wasn't even designed to. It was a climate bill. But the point is, when the general rolls around, whether Nikki Haley's at the top of the ticket or she's Trump's VP, don't rule it out. People are like, oh, they've said bad things about each other. Yeah, so did everybody in the 2016 election, and they all wound up supporting Trump. Marco Rubio was little Marco, was talking about the size of Trump's wang. Okay, Lion Ted Cruz, who stumps for Trump harder than anybody in the Senate. Trump called his wife a dog. He doxed Lindsey Graham, gave out his cell phone. Think about that. Okay, and all of these people, in the end, wound up turning around and supporting Trump. This is politics as usual. And I'm telling you this, why? Because as passionate consumers of politics as some of you are on Twitter, you have to understand politics has a way, and especially the 24-hour news cycle and the omnipotence of social media in our lives, it has a way of making people a prisoner of the moment. And they think the world we inhabit, the collective psychology we espouse today is the only one we're ever going to know going forward when that's not the truth. So I'm telling you as a Republican, if you spend all day hating DeSantis, if you spend all day hating Haley, if you spend all day hating Trump, okay, you're creating content for the people who are ultimately going to end up running against them. Okay, if Haley is the nominee, everybody who's called her a neocon and a warmonger and Hillary light or whatever the hell you call her, okay, is ultimately going to have to vote for her if you want to stop the Democrats from doing more of what they've done to the country. Just the same as if you're a Republican who hates Trump with all the fiber in your being. 
and is out there calling him Orange Cheeto Jesus and Hitler and everything in between, okay, you are going to have to ultimately vote for him if you're a DeSantis supporter and Trump winds up at the top of the ticket. And the same goes for everybody who hates Ron DeSantis, okay? There's an outside chance that DeSantis wins this nomination. (laughs) Now, he has a shot. I just don't see him being enough of a playmaker. But the point is, whoever the Republican nominee happens to become, happens to be, will be going up against the entirety, the entirety of the legacy media. All of Hollywood. They're all going to be Trump. Whether Trump's the nominee or not, that's the point. Nikki Haley will be treated as Trump. Okay, she's a Hitler. She's a Nazi. She's a misogynist. She's transphobic. Oh, it's all coming. DeSantis gets it. They all get it, no matter who it is. So the point is, this week is a pivotal week because it's an opportunity for Republicans to make plays, whether it's Trump tomorrow night with Hannity or it's Nikki and DeSantis Wednesday night in the next debate, one way or the other. Okay, if you're going to win this thing between now and November of next year, we're going to need an Awfully strong horse. The show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. How about this for some palace intrigue? I, tonight, will be joining our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, on The Gutfeld Show. So congrats in advance to them on the ratings bounce. Uh, But at the end of the show, Greg and I will be sitting down uh, to make a special announcement about my career. And normally I tell you guys everything on this show. Uh, But in this case, I have told none of you, except everyone who attended my sold-out shows in Reno this weekend. Uh, Every single one of them knows what's going down tonight. But that's why you come to the live shows. They pump me full of booze, and I tell you stuff that I shouldn't be telling you. That's true. That is true. Uh, But tonight, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Gutfeld Show, I will carry the panel and then round it out with a special announcement that I think you'll all get a kick out of if you are Jimmy Fallon supporters. So definitely give that a go. Uh, in, in the next break, prepare to hear from my man Tom Shalhoub, uh, former Fox News radio host in his own right before ballooning to television superstardom. Uh, he will be stopping by to discuss the premiere of the Great Christmas Debate. I've told you about this on the show in the past. I was uh, a part, a contestant, on an annual tradition here at Fox News where they take some of the biggest name talent we have and also Raymond Arroyo. And uh, I kid, but we get together and we have a debate over things that matter, things of major significance around the holidays. Shalou moderates it, and uh, he kind of maintains order. He has to affix a shock collar to certain guests like Janice Dean that might go rogue, you know, start swinging away. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. These are passionate people, but the man who maintained order, who emceed the veritable prison riot uh, is going to join us next to tell us all about it. And we'll, of course, do a little State of the Union on all things U.S. and A. Uh, My friend, mentor and confidant, the man who plays Joe Biden right there on the Gutfeld show, joining us in studio, the one and only Tom Shalhoub. Buckle up, buttercup. The Great Christmas Showdown! Door-to-door Carol. Is it awkward or is it awesome? 
I feel like Saint Nick himself. I told myself I wasn't gonna cry. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. La 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 Here. I just want to correct you that it's Frosty the Snow person. Can you believe the drama? It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you want to talk about a good get by the booker of this show, I mean, I would imagine this next guest, the fact that we landed the guest, winds up at the top of somebody's resume when they negotiate a raise. It's certainly probably on their LinkedIn or any. But I can confirm that the man who is the host of the great Christmas debate, the superstar who portrays Joe Biden on the Gutfeld program, uh, multimedia matinee sensation, Tom Shalhoub is in studio, and the crowd wow. goes wild. What they up, They really Shalhoub? did. They, it, was, it was wild. It was uh, a lot. Uh, and when, we're supposed to be social distancing in the studio, but it's, it's not an option <laughs> if you're going to be here. Well, look, there's still those dumb signs out here in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. Keep your distance. I mean, are they going to take those down? I, 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 it still says six feet in the hallways or yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's, it's, are we still doing that? <laughs> it must be like it must be like a, it must be a corporate thing or something like that. But you want to like, know what we else? Just want to make sure. And you know this from experience as a radio legend in your own right. Okay, that's not really COVID when they tell you to stay away six feet six feet from people on the radio floor. Uh huh. I see. Yeah. COVID's <laughs> not be. top five in radio. <laughs> COVID COVID did not make the college football playoff. It was a bubble team. Uh, but there are other things going around in radio. I mean, you know, uh, this it gets a little nuts. By the way, can you use the word? Uh, uh, get, can you use words like get and uh, we landed this guest if I'm the one who called you? Is that, is that- <laughs> he's, he's being modest, Jenny. Don't listen to him. Don't be bamboozled. He's smooth on the stump, Shalou. Uh, Shalou, we're going to get to a few things, but first and foremost, we have to promote the great Christmas debate, which is now streaming on Fox Nation. You are the host, and I, I, everyone should know this, okay? Yeah. It really is. For, they they deserve so much credit for the construct of what this thing is. It's a great show. Yeah, I know. It sounded in the pitch. It was like, all right, this is going to be fun. like I got to uh, come in on a Saturday for this. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun, and I think the uh, I think this one was better than last year's. Last year was the Great Christmas Debate. Mm-hmm. This is the Great Christmas Showdown. It's essentially. You know, it's a very similar show because we're debating. It's a debate format, but we threw in some other kind of trivia stuff. So we made it a showdown. And it's, you know, Janice Dean is a a blast as usual. You and Michael Loftus. uh, We added uh, Raymond Raymond Arroyo this year. Was there. He didn't get to sing, but he wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Raymond, Raymond, who, by the way, is on tour with Jose Jorge Feliciano. It's unbelievable. That's insane. It's huge. And he's got a big band. He's got the whole thing. I want to see the show because I want to, you know, I I want to be a part of the whole thing. But yeah. all his dates are not lining up with me. Well, you just you actually just want to be in the green room to steal his Pee Wee Herman suit. Be I, honest. I wouldn't mind. He, you I, know, he owns one for real. <laughs> he has told us that on the show. He really? owns a Pee Wee. We always make fun of him. Like, ah, oh, Raven, you look like Pee Wee Herman. He actually, with a straight face, said to me he owns uh, one of those suits. So there you have it. <laughs> Did- Tom Shalhoub is here. Did he do uh, a uh, thing, you know, like a costume party or something? And and maybe he was. I think he I'm I'm not kidding. I think in like the 90s, he was being like an impersonator, Uh like as a joke. It was like a goofy thing he did. Oh, people made a living. Uh, You know, I traveled to Florida uh, uh on an airplane with a peewee impersonator from Boston. (laughs) Well, I I guess that's better than going to the movies with a peewee impersonator. Hey, there it is. (laughs) I got a million of them. Oh, that's funny. We. Uh, he and I were both uh, selected, uh-huh. and this was my first big sh- job in show business. 
Uh-huh. Uh, but it was one of those auditions that was 99% publicity and uh-huh. 1% audition. You know what I mean? <laughs> because Universal Studios in Florida was opening, a grand opening in Florida in 1990. And they, had, they were looking for celebrity lookalikes to roam the park. Oh, and they went to every city in the country. And I in Boston went in dressed as Jimmy Stewart with the, with the uh, fedora oh, hat. Funny. And I did a scene from It's a Wonderful Life. And I and and the Pee Wee Herman and I were selected as the two people from Boston that they flew down for the final audition in Florida. Oh my gosh! And then I was offered a job as Jimmy Stewart in Universal Studios Florida. Okay. To to impersonate Jimmy Stewart, and uh, I took the job, and then Jimmy Stewart and his agent put the kibosh on. Stop it! I'm serious. They whacked Shalou's gig. Yeah. Well, because it was all the lookalikes were like. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, Laurel and Hardy, and Jimmy Stewart was like, "Well, well I'm still alive." Like he was like, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't want to be with all the dead celebrities. <laughs> Listen, he does have a, he has a point in that regard. Yeah, but I don't know. He might be overthinking that. Tom Shalou is in studio. <laughs> We're trying to keep the paparazzi at bay. No promises. This doesn't descend into like one of those college protests where we get chased into a library for supporting Israel. Uh, but we're actually supporting a Christian holiday right now, the Great Christmas Showdown. It is streaming on Fox Nation. And what you guys need to know is basically we took a bunch of Fox talent and they assigned us topics to fight to the death over. Yeah. Like what was the worst Christmas song? Worst Christmas the chipmunk song? song or two front teeth? Yeah, and there's you know. controversial things like, uh, you know, for instance, the um, what was the the film with the the Polar Express? Yes, Polar Express, classic or creepy? Mm-hmm. Now I never thought about it as creepy. Yeah, but you know, some of the answers might surprise you on yes. the show. Some people find it because it was early in the uh, computer animation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess that the. There was something that was at the time. Mm-hmm. It seemed very lifelike, but now yes. when you look at it, looks very deathlike you, to people. You, yeah. Well, you know what? It, look, you know what it actually looks like. The early stages of computer animation. It looks like if you took people's Instagram pictures and brought them to life. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, Instagram pictures are filtered within an inch of everything. Yeah. And sometimes people don't realize they've made something too colorful or something. Yes. I'm like, this is screamingly fake. Yeah. Screamingly fake. Yeah. But uh, very authentic. The Great Christmas Showdown streaming now on Fox Nation, hosted by Shalou. Uh, uh, who does, and I do mean this, just such an outrageously good job of of giving the thing an integrity. Like it's so, <laughs> but it matters because it actually comes off. And this is my favorite thing, and I'll let them all the way into this process in a minute. But this thing really does come off as like it's like it needs to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's serious. And, right, and right. I, we take I, it quite seriously. But it, that's not possible if someone else is hosting it. That does matter. <laughs> like it really does matter. You're like the pillar of integrity that gives this thing – it's it's a, a modicum of seriousness. And what I think is so funny is you couple that with the studio audience – and I'm going to – I just want your honest take on this. Yeah. My assessment of the studio audience is 30% of them, 30%, were tourists – who saw an ad for attend a live taping in New York this weekend? Yeah, and had no idea what they had showed up for. That was my take. They it, were great. It they maybe were great. there was a. I know there was a lot of friends and family there. Yes, but I think there was a know. percentage. Yes, that were legitimately like as as the fake snow was blowing and yeah. people were choking each other and everything got really when the real bedlam went down. Yes, I don't know that they knew what they had signed up for. Yeah, I I, I mean sometimes I feel like that on the Gutfeld show. You know, I'm like, <laughs> do, do, do you did you people know what you were coming to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my favorite. Because yeah. you know, they go like, oh, honey, we'd like to see TV. 
Yeah. And then they come to TV. Or if they moan at something. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, you didn't hear a poop joke out of him the, the, for the pre- <laughs> did you previous 360 did days? You, did you watch last night? <laughs> That's really funny. We're talking to the great Tom Shalhoub about the great Christmas showdown. There's another couple more showdowns going on this week. Let's, get, let's go hot topic for a second. Yeah. Uh, Hannity, of course, has a Trump town hall tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I think you would agree Hannity's career has exploded since I took him under my wing. Would it's, you not agree? No, I, I mean, definitely. And you, it, it rubs off, you know. You see A couple it. of appearances on his show. Yeah. I feel the same way about Jesse Waters. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's... that, you know, I did, the, I did his little quiz at yeah. the end of his show. I feel like the ratings have ticked up. Do you win, do you win Sink or Swim on his show? Well, I'm going to tell you uh, I was opposite Kennedy. What do you think? Oh, okay. Well, I was robbed. <laughs> I was undefeated. I'm like three and one or something. Yeah. But I lost to Abby and I was accused of cheating. And the reason is, is true. I did cheat. I did look at her paddle. Why? Because I'm there to make it entertaining. And if she had guessed a certain answer, I had a really good joke. Wait a minute. Look at her paddle. You were allowed to look at her paddle. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Well, anyway, I did it for the purposes of a joke. How can you not be? It's a paddle with a picture on it. <laughs> She's sitting Get right next to you. Get water's on the line right now. I mean, he... She'll... We're throwing the challenge flag. And don't tell me Kennedy doesn't use strategy. She waits. She'll Thank look you. at me waiting to see what I answer and she, because she's calculating. It's like the Jeopardy champions. Yeah. She knows what she has to get to. Yep. You know, it's yep. like Election Day with the Democrats. They know. The- <laughs> Tom Shalou is here saying stop the steal on sink or swim. I'm, say- I'm going to vacate my other titles and give back my mesh hats because you're right. You're, well, you're right about that. You can strategize on that show. Yes. For sure. And, uh, and you want to know the truth is, and he this is true, okay, the tiebreaker was we had to guess the weight of his kid. I actually, this is where I had an unfair advantage that he didn't call me out on. Yeah. I had seen this tiebreaker, and I, I knew the weight. I he got did? it right to what, the He used it again. The he I got, reuses tiebreakers? Right, I got it right to the pound, and he, that, and he threw it to her. He was like, no, you're wrong. Because he just wanted the girl to win, which I get. And my job is to come on those shows and lose theatrically. That's what I do. And that's what I enjoy doing. I mean, if I win, it's great because you get to talk smack. But if you lose, you get to do all the other things. Like stop the steal and have fun and be a heel, which I like doing. Then Jesse went home and his wife said, why did you say our baby was 300 pounds? (laughs) The kid has a complex now. (laughs) It's not right. Okay. But Hannity has Trump tomorrow for a full hour. Now, this is what I wanted your take on, this guy who's media savvy. The DeSantis-Newsom debate drew 4.75 million people. That's a big number. Yeah. If Trump doesn't draw that, is the media going to try to use that as proof that he's not as popular as he was? Uh the media will try to use it, but yeah. Trump will have a brilliant answer. Like he'll say, uh, you know, I'm so far ahead that my appearances are now boring. <laughs> you know, it, it's because he's winning so badly. No one's even interested. Yeah. They're not going to start being interested in, until he gets Joe Biden in his sights. Something like that. Fair, yeah, there's an answer. Yeah. And he'll be fine. He'll, he'll be just fine, whether it's 2 million or 10 million. But if we continue to plug it, probably closer to 10 million. Yeah. And then Wednesday, we have the GOP debate, which is now minus Doug Burgum. Uh, oh, how did we lose Bergman? I didn't even know. <laughs> we got, so I think uh, Scott is out. Bergman's out. I think we're down to Haley DeSantis. Do we have Chris Christie? So oh, it's those Chris three? Christie. He's going to stay in through New Hampshire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's Just, his state. He has like a connection there. Yeah, and the hoagies and, and the, the, you know, the best the diners on the trail are in New Hampshire. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Good for you. But he'll be there to torpedo Trump. But it's basically from there. It's a, it, This is a... For for the silver medal right yeah. now is presently constituted. Uh, this is a DeSantis versus Haley race. 
do you have a feel for who could win that race? Because Christie is not overtaking the other two, in my opinion. Right. Um, well, who do you think? Well, the, the the first answer would be DeSantis because he's okay. You know, he's been big. He's he had the initial, you know, all the heat and everything like that. But the the establishment is really behind her. Seems so if it, you're right? gonna if you're it's gonna consolidate between Trump and then essentially the establishment slash. Uh, never Trumpers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Mitt Romney wing of the party, yeah, the, yeah. the Liz Cheney. They want Haley. Yeah. So she could end up getting being the beneficiary of that. I, I think someone like DeSantis was I thought he would be, you know, I used to say Trump's not going to be able to beat DeSantis. I know. I used I, to he, say it. he was positioned so well. And if he were bold, mm-hmm. I think he could have done that. Uh, I think that he ran against all these other nominees. Mm-hmm. He was running for second place the whole time. Yeah. I, he never went after Trump, and I guess Until people— Until it was late. Yeah. T- Three months into this thing, he started being like, you know, Trump's bad because yeah. he was trying to thread the needle. I know. You can't do that. He's and like, Trump knows you can't do that. He does. Trump, No, Trump's good. I say this to people all the time. He, he's a playmaker. Yeah. He turns negatives into positives. You know, he does like anything like you just said. If we get told that these ratings are no good, that becomes a positive for him. Yeah. He goes, good. Well, they knew I was winning. You know, I had alluded to earlier him being asked by a debate moderator— Opening question of 2016, you've called women pigs and dogs and slobs. Only Rosie O'Donnell. That's yeah. a playmaker. Yes. Because that should have been to a traditional candidate. You know, think about this. Mitt Romney couldn't overcome, I have binders full of women that I'd like to hire. But Trump was able to overcome, I've called he women pigs and dogs and slobs. Yes. And, and you know, then when that happened, mm-hmm. Jesse and I were, uh, this shows you where, just, just a few years back, Jesse and I were both coming in at night to do the online coverage of oh, the debate. funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jesse and I were sitting watching the debate because we were going to do the follow-up uh-huh. uh, debate coverage. And when he said only Rosie O'Donnell, Jesse and I looked at each other like it was like a like a bromance like you've never seen before. <laughs> like it was like that, you know, in Weird Science or something, you know, when the two guys look at each other, yeah, like yeah. what did we just see? Mm-hmm. But we both looked at each other like he's going to do it. Yeah. He's going to win. And it was that the light in our eyes. Like it was so funny the way that like <laughs> I knew Jesse knew that moment. I think that yeah. that was Trump so, was going to win the presidency. And I did, too. And I, and I think I think to bring it full circle, I think when they're watching the great Christmas showdown there are early answers that kind of foretell where this thing's going to go. <laughs> yes. Like the host may or may not have robbed me on the first point of the debate, but that d- doesn't matter. I'm the bigger person. You still invite the host on your show. Yes. Uh, I wanted to give you room to grow for the rest <laughs> of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the great Tom Shalou, the host of the great Christmas showdown. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get him out. Back after this. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's my name. Don't wear it out. There it is. Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I will, of course, be taking this party over to your television sets tonight with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. You check in to the Gutfeld Show tonight at 10 o'clock. You'll hear a special announcement. What could it be? About my career. I can't tell them. Oh I legally gosh. cannot tell them, Shalou. It can't be another you don't special. Know. You just you shot that thing. You're well, not shooting another special. No, that's coming out in January, but we haven't announced that yet either. But uh-huh. it's not even that announcement. It's not that. And Shalou, even Shalou, the guy who has the highest security clearance in my administration, the guy who you would argue made me here at Fox News, putting me on all your programs over the years, I can't even tell Shalou. Imagine how I must feel right now. 
Is there an indictment coming? Fela, <laughs> I will fight it. Me and Bob Menendez, we're moving all kinds of gold. That's right. Hey, me and Santos are quitting. Is the, let me ask you this. Is there, in liberal New York, I think this would work, a Santos musical called, oh. a Santos musical called Shamilton? Oh, that's great. Could we make money off of that? I think think we could, for sure. Right across the street from Hamilton. We opened one up called Shamilton. I think New York liberals would love it because it's a Republican. Yeah. And the guy is a clown. He would audition for it. He would want to be in it. <laughs> he would play himself. Yes, he would love it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Tom Shalhoub, I think we just, if this is Shark Tank, I wouldn't get on Shark Tank. A guy like me, I could get on a show called Lone Shark Tank. <laughs> and I think on Lone Shark Tank, I think we have something here. Yes. You want to get on, get Staten Island on the phone. Let's get something going here. Tom Shalhoub, kind enough to hang out for a second break. Why? Because the Great Christmas Showdown is streaming on Fox Nation today. Yeah. How about that? Now, you talk about a win for the American people. It's worth the subscription just to have this special. Uh, that's 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 what my mom said. Yeah. Like straight up. They, the people who've seen this, and I, I want them to get credit. Okay, we're in it. We had fun. We told jokes. We had funny moments. You hosted the hell out of it. But the construct of this thing is so really well done. Yeah. And I, I nothing I love more than execution. Someone <laughs> does a great job. They executed a great job. Yes. And understand, this is a project nobody feels like doing. It's a Saturday in the middle of the fall, and I will be doing it next year, like 110%. Yeah, we're on it. We are on it. It's an annual thing. Hopefully we can do, and we want to do more of these kind of specials because I love game shows. Why wouldn't we do the Easter showdown? Uh, I mean, absolutely. I want to do, like, I want to rip up off match game you know i love gene rayburn i grew up with some great game shows yes you did but in the meantime uh we're gonna launch a broadway musical yeah let's work this out tom Sh- uh shantos what did you say shamilton like sham oh. it's a shamilton it's incredible george santos biopic and you know what we do just like hamilton to really infuriate because the liberals will come to laugh at a republican but we reverse the race of everyone like they did in hamilton just to troll them <laughs> yeah, that's Right. Tom Shalou, everybody! Go stream The Great Christmas Showdown. Watch me on Gutfeld tonight for a special announcement. Wow. We're out of here. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.